Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Marilyn Mar Johnson of Salazar Resources. And if you want our thoughts on that conversation, the company's plans for next year, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos on there. And there are summaries of other interviews, which just to save you a little bit of time and a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment. So do go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Merlin, how are you doing, sir? Good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Good to have you back on the show. Are you well? You've been on, in fact, you've been away since we last spoke to you. I have. I've just finished quarantining. I've come back from Ecuador. I spent two or three weeks out there. And I must say your uh, office is looking very Christmassy already. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We do try. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's all about entertainment here. Um, we, so, so what was happening in Ecuador I mean, in terms of, you know, lockdown conditions, uh, your ability to do anything? Uh, well, the reason for going out was that we've, uh, we're drilling at the Los Osos project. It was the first time the company has been drilling on its 100% uh, areas for three or four years. Uh, I wanted to get out there and look at the geology. And I have to say, compared to the UK, they're really taking this coronavirus very seriously. I mean, the, the, the PPE at the airport, when you come off the airplane, you all have to sit in a line. You have to show your certificate of uh, negative test. Um, and then in the cities of Cuenca and Quito and uh, Machala and Loja, everybody's wearing masks, social distancing, hand gel everywhere. I mean, the, the level of responsibility that the people that I met in Ecuador were taking was just really respect worthy. Yeah, we, we kind of got that fit. We've got a, one of the club members has um, moved down there and there's an American individual um, who has said that it's a hundred pound on the spot fine if you're not wearing a mask, it's like, which is a lot of money for a, a lot of people down there. So they really are gunning for it. So that's, that's good news. Okay, well, look, um, I'm sure we're about to hear about it any, anyway. So but why don't you give us a one minute overview and then I'll sort of dive into the questions if I may. Sure. Uh, Salazar Resources is a TSXV company. Our market cap is 40 million Canadian or about $30 million US. Uh, it's been listed for 13 years. Uh, we are Ecuador's ex- one of, we're aiming to be Ecuador's best explorers. We have already made one major discovery, which we have farmed out and we are carried on that. Um, it's going through feasibility at the moment and it's called the El Doma deposit in the Curipamba project area. And the NPV on the PEA last year was uh, $288 million. And so we are carried 25% all the way through to production. So our nominal value on that attributable to us is $70 million. Uh, Even if you give it a haircut of 50%, it still knocks it back to $35 million, which is more than our market capitalization. So we are effectively a risk-free exploration company. Uh, with Ecuador's best explorers, our wholly owned portfolio, and uh, and a good kind of capital structure and income. So, uh, if you're looking for porphyry deposits, copper, gold, major um, deposits globally, one of the best places you want to be is in Ecuador, and we are one of those companies that you want to be with because we've got this um, dilution protection and we've got this great team on the ground in Ecuador. So, okay, some pretty big claims in there. We're going to start, start with one, which was, you know, you're the best explorers in, in Ecuador. I mean, what, what gives you the right to say that? 
I um, did I say that? I think I said that we want to be uh, known as one of the best explorers. So I couched it in lots of um, uh, language. However, we do have a track record to back that up. So, for example, if you look at the uh, the ten most advanced projects in Ecuador, uh, which have got more than fifty thousand meters in them, and they include things like Yurimagua, which is nine hundred eighty-two million tons at 09 percent copper equivalent. Um, Cascabel, uh, Fruits del Norte, which is in production, the Mirador, which is the other um, commercial mine in uh, production, um, the Gabi deposit, El Domo, you, you name it. Of the top 10, our team of geologists have got their DNA in eight of those, i.e. they were involved in the discovery delineation process. Now, it's not to say that they, they're the only people who were involved in it, but uh, our team was certainly involved in eight of the top 10. Okay, thanks for that. Let's let's talk about your um, the agreement with Adventus because they're they're coming on the show um, soon, and we're going to sort of hear you know their thoughts on doing business in country. But how did that come about? How's that being structured? And you know, I think gave some economics there um, with regards to the, the the valuation. So, can you just I mean, how are relationships? First of all, do you talk? Okay. Yeah, you know, we talk all the time. We talk on a daily basis. And I've got an ex- excellent relationship with uh, Adventus, and it goes right back. So uh, Freddie Salazar founded um, uh, Salazar Resources in 2007. And by 2011, um, with the Eldoma discovery and process, uh, the Salazar family had already met Christian Cagalcimard, who at the time was a broker with um, Raymond James, who was an investment banker. Um, and that relationship flourished over a number of years. Christian was always a key supporter of uh, the Salazars. And when Christian ended up in a kind of an SPV um, spin out of Altius, um, uh, Altius Minerals were f- um, funding him to find a, a zinc venture. One of the first things that Christian did was to look, uh, look up Freddie Salazar. Freddie Salazar, by that stage, on the, that horrible downturn, uh, from 2011 to 2016 was um, exhausted by the market. And what he really wanted was to have a structure where he didn't have to put any more uh, capital into the project and he didn't want to suffer any more dilution. And so that was the basis of the relationship. Adventus um, carries Salazar all the way through to production and it pays uh, $600,000 um, per annum through um, advanced royalty payments and management fees. In addition, uh, Christian said he wanted to grow his portfolio. And so what he did um, was he structured an exploration alliance for zinc projects. So any new zinc project that we come across, we feed into, uh, uh, we have to offer to uh, Adventus. However, um, the first two projects that we put in there were copper gold projects. So it's, it's one of those hybrid things, which is um, Eldomo is copper gold zinc. Um, the two exploration licenses that we've, in the alliance already are copper and gold porphyry targets, but we don't have the um, an obligation to feed future projects in. Does, it, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And um, so, yeah, right. So, but they're, they're not focused on on, on the on the exploration component at the moment, are they? They're they're putting their, all their time and effort into one project. And can you just give us a bit of detail about you know how much money they are spending on them? Because it benefits you because you're fully carried, right? Um, yes, although they are doing a lot of exploration work as well. Just, 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 just to clarify, so on the Curipamba project, which includes El Domo, the VMS deposit, we are carried 25% all the way through to production. On the exploration alliance, we are carried 20% through to uh, a construction decision. The uh, Adventus is doing 
infill drilling and feasibility work at El Domo, but it's also doing exploration work within the Kurupamba license area, so that they're drilling at um, a new target called La Vaquera, and they're also drilling at one of the exploration licenses outside of Kurupamba called Pijili. Right, okay. And that's hunting porphyries there. Hunting porphyries. So, well, there seems to be hunting porphyries and BMS. And that, so, do, so do you. So, I mean, so that, that's the relationship. You are funded to do what you want to do. And you've, after quite a long period of inactivity, you've started drilling again. So maybe you just tell us a little bit about what you guys are up to. I, I will. What I, I realized I forgot to say was that the, our, we, we actually have a drilling subsidiary. And that is being used by Adventus for all the exploration work and all the, all, all the infill work. So in addition to the management fee and in addition to the, um, to the uh, advanced royalty, what we get is um, income from our three drill rigs, which are being used full time at the moment. So they're going, they're going um, uh, full bore at the moment, uh, no pun intended. And so the income from the... Uh, the work that we're doing for Adventus actually is enabling us to uh, carry out more or less uh, cost-neutral exploration. And with that, we have our own portfolio of three 100% licenses. Uh, one we're drilling, we've just announced a copper gold porphyry discovery. Uh, one we're doing geophysics and is a fantastic VMS target that we should um, have uh, lined up for drilling uh, by the middle of next year. And the third is a major copper gold porphyry target in the north on that Yuri Magua Cascabel trend. Okay, what's the focus? Because you haven't got much money, so you can't be chasing all three, can you? Um, We can do a very low cost work program all three. What we want to do is we want to, in the course of 2021, uh, delineate our flagship um, asset. So we want to have, by the end of next year, we want to know which one is going to be our lead target and which is the one that we're going to put our uh, all our effort into and we're going to try and farm out or do another deal on our non-core portfolio. So at the moment the focus is Los Osos because that is where the drill rigs is. But it doesn't mean that by the end of next year it's necessarily going to be our number one target. You know, it, this is a, um, a 12-month program of evaluation it's not a sprint to get the first drill result out. Although we are, uh, we, we've published the first logs and we're just waiting for the first assays. Right. So you've got the team of being associated with all of these big discoveries in Ecuador. You're, you're financed because of the, the earning, the, the drill rig component to do this period of discovery. At the end of next year, you're going to pick your target. So who, who's the winner going to be? <laughs> um, <laughs> we've all got our own favourites. Freddie uh, has been stalking the Rumaniawe project up in the north uh, for 20 years now. He first came across it when he was um, running exploration for Newmont. Uh, we've got a one hectare area with uh, two grams gold, uh, intense stock work, uh, chaotically veined with chalcopyrite. There's a lot of ash cover and there's some ultramafics on the western side, so it's actually quite hard to um, map it but we've got these walk-up drill targets. And so we're terribly excited about drilling that. And that actually will be our next drill target after uh, Los Osos. Um, personally, I really like the VMS potential down in the south. There's um, just over the border in Peru, there's a three fabulous and huge VMS deposits with a um, rich gold cap. And we have many of the same signals 
uh, and the same geology. We've got a barite cap. We've got 10 grams of gold in soils. We've got 30 grams of gold in rock chip. Um, we've got some coherent uh, soil geochemistry anomalies, and we're just doing the gravity and um, geophysics at the moment. So hopefully we'll have some bullseye targets um, with which we can test um, um, with, with drill um, with drilling later in, um, later in next year. So I'm particularly excited about that. On top of that, we've also got some other projects which we hope to be bringing in. So um, it's not just going to be those three. We've got a, uh, we've got ongoing discussions on licenses that we applied for direct with the government and also with other owners of licenses. And I know this is all slightly breathless, but I do want to mention that we this so last week we announced that we've discovered a new copper gold porphyry at Los Osos. So that's in the Cangrejos district. Uh, it's only eight kilometers away from Cangrejos, which is 16.7 uh, million ounces of um, gold with associated copper. And we've got the same style of mineralization. We've got uh, silicified breccias sitting on top of mineralized diorite. Okay, I mean, talk to me about the political situation, because again, we, we've had sort of feedback from people on the ground who are talking about, um, obviously you've got an election coming up, one and different parts of the country feel differently uh, about mining as well. You yep. know, I think someone yep. was saying that over in Pahili, they seem a bit more open to uh, mining uh, operators being there, and other parts not so much. You've got you know placards and protests, etc. I mean, so what, what, what's happening there at the moment? It just seems very um, fraught. Um, and you know, you know, and I, I also understand there's lots of big mining companies actually doing business and operating, you know, very very well in countries. So you know, how, how do you navigate those choppy waters? Uh, choppy waters is is exactly the right um, phrase, but I think you also have to look at the direction of the current. You know, where are things moving? Um, so from the top level, geologically. Ecuador is where you want to be. It's where you're going to find the big copper and gold deposits. You've got 25% uh, of the world's production from Chile, 15% from Peru. Um, and then you've got Ecuador, which has got this tiny copper production. Um, but the fertility of the magmas is there and the geology runs over the border. The reason why there hasn't been uh, production from Ecuador, or why there haven't been the big discoveries, has been political. And uh, the economy moved to the US dollar 20 years ago. It's been the most stable currency in the history of Ecuador as an independent republic. And there's a great deal of support to stick with the dollar. The problem with sticking with the dollar is you can't print your own money. So you have to borrow it. We have to get foreign direct investment or you can um, create, uh, you can earn hard currency through exports. And the government uh, in 2007, when we're going back 13 years now, uh, wanted to ban mining entirely, and in fact did ban mining entirely, but very quickly realized that it's the only industry that was going to provide the foreign direct investment, the job creation, and the uh, hard currency earnings that was going to enable a social uh, infrastructure spending. And so gradually, the country has moved from being anti-mining to being pro-mining. And that is currently reflected in all of the policy statements for the, uh, for the new candidates in the election which is coming up. However, there is also a very vocal and very public anti-mining uh, contingent to, uh, to Ecuador. There are lots of communities that are anti-mining. There's a great deal of misunderstanding about uh, mining. And there's a great deal of pollution from the existing illegal uh, artisanal mining. So there's a massive education process that needs to go on. 
uh, in Ecuador. And what we find is that those communities where the mining companies engage and educate and communicate and are transparent and are uh, taking a sustainable approach to mining in the area, that is where progress can happen. Um, there is a key anti-mining uh, candidate called Jaco Perez. He's an indigenous uh, leader who's a lawyer by training who changed his name to the Quechua word for water, which is Jaco. His original name was uh, Carlos Perez. He's changed it to Water Perez. Uh, he is staunchly anti-mining and he has now consolidated the vote as the, um, the indigenous leader. So he is actually running third in the polls and he's got between 13 and 15% of, um, of, of the vote. And uh, there's a lot of chatter that he is a major risk to the, the mining, se mining sector within Ecuador and in fact, to dollarization. Um, the other candidates are also struggling to be able to communicate their pro-mining um, uh, credentials because it's, it's not a very popular uh, route to go ahead. So at the moment, they're just struggling. They're, they're, they're really campaigning for votes and they all have a mining policy, but they're not talking about it. So the mood music you're hearing in Ecuador at the moment is actually quite anti-mining and that will probably continue for the next couple of months. However, if one looks at the underlying data, and you, there are a number of extremely thorough polls that have been uh, carried out in the country. The main preoccupation is the economic crisis as caused by um, coronavirus. The, um, that plus, so it's job security, it's income, uh, the, the economy and corruption of the major concerns among the populace. The environment comes a very, very distant third. So um, while there is some headline kind of anti-mining news, I think when it comes to election time, if one looks at the, um, the voting population of 12 million people, uh, the, the polls have got two kind of center candidates uh, well in advance. One is the, the Correa candidate. He's a guy called Andres Arauz. And it was the Correa administration which had a socialist bent, but which came uh, round to mining and has been behind the most structural reforms in favor of mining. Sorry, that was a long answer. I hope I haven't uh, distracted people too much. Well, no, it, it means you've thought about it because I think it's certainly being talked about. Right. You know, and I think if I talk to anyone about, you know, should you be investing in, in, in Ecuador? I mean, those are the questions that get asked of us. Um, you know, I refer them to well, the miners that are actually there and they're continuing to do business. And it seems to be business as usual. But there, as I say, there's a lot of white noise on the line, um, which is concerning new investors thinking about where can they go next? Because there's a lot of optionality for people for gold stories, copper stories. Yeah which are very, obviously very popular of, of, of the moment. And um, you need to address these things as, as companies. And I don't see many of the big boys coming out and talking about it or put, you know, putting, stating their position. So it's, it's very hard looking at Ecuador at the moment to know if, it's, if your money's going to be safe, if the investment's going to be safe. Um, I think you've described it perfectly as white noise or choppy waters. But actually, the, the, the economy is such that you cannot not have the mining industry there the, the economy is totally locked in to a responsible mining industry with just two mines which were commissioned in 2019 uh, these two mines are already the fourth largest mainstay for the 
uh, economy. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's phenomenal. The, the, the oil industry is ex-growth and um, locked into um, a toxic bit of Chinese debt. Um, every other industry is ex-growth. <clears throat> the, the main industry that the indigenous community wants is tourism, but that was ex-growth before coronavirus and it's been decimated since then. So um, you've got $4 billion of investment in exploration, which is just waiting to come in. The, you know, the, the, when, when the government opened the mining cadastre and said, who wants to come and explore in Ecuador, there was $4 billion of commitment. And so that really talks. No, it, 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 it does. But you can understand there's a nervous, nervousness in the marketplace. They, they need to hear things like you're saying now to say, you know, say, well, assuming it is heading the right way, the current is heading uh, in the right way, then, you know, getting in now might be a good thing. But, they, they, you know, people talk about the Ecuador discount, right? Uh, and they talk about that in the context of, at the same time, people talk about the macro, there's a lack of big copper discoveries, there's a lack of copper porphyry discoveries um, out there, you know, and as a, as a country which is... Relatively virginal in, in, in that sense. Um, the opportunities are there, but it's perhaps they're not getting the, the valuations that they want. I mean, you guys are, what, what are you, like 30 million market cap? We are a $30 million market cap. However, uh, remember that we've been a relatively passive investor. Um, we've been carried by Adventus for the last three or four years. And it's only now that we are developing our own 100% portfolio. So the, the, the news release of our uh, drill results last week was the first news release that we've put out in three and a half years, uh, maybe four years of our own 100% drilling. And we've got much more of that to come in the next 12 months. Um, and I would also say that there's not necessarily an Ecuador discount. Uh, you, if you're looking for the big copper porphyry discoveries, this is the place, to, this is the country to be in. And there are a number of discoveries. I mean, um, Solgold's got a billion dollar valuation. Uh, Solaris has got a $500 million valuation, but they've got the big discoveries and it's where you go. Um, you know, it's the country you go to if you're looking for those kinds of things. And um, our market capitalization, in a sense, is, as I said, covered by the carry on El Domo, which enables us to be, as I said earlier, this kind of this risk-free investment on the exploration upside. So it's the ability of our team to find new deposits, uh, find new areas. And then the, th uh, the third thing, is, which is critical, is our ability to uh, operate sustainably in Ecuador. So among our community, uh, with the people, doing, doing that process of education and um, trust building and working with the local communities so that you can uh, uh, thrive and survive in Ecuador for years and decades. So why so slow? I mean, so you, you talk about a press release two and a half years ago and your own assets. It's like, what have you been waiting for? Well, um, I joined Salazar Resources two years ago, just, just under two years ago. Um, and what you, I, 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 um, Salazar Resources was putting all of its energy into the Eldoma project. Okay, so it was a discovery from 2008, but there was um, there was a anti-mining law. There was the withholding tax. There was the global downturn, and um, Freddie Salazar and the team just did this fantastic job in navigating all those obstacles and turning Eldoma into a valuable resource. And then when Adventus came and joined up, the the team didn't have the bandwidth or the capacity or the capital to do anything else. And it was, uh, it was cash strapped 
and it was totally focused on taking a, uh, this Eldoma project with Adventus, with the carry, up the value curve. Now, when I joined two years ago, we actually had the luxury and the time to say, okay, now we've got this asset all wrapped up. We've got access to the capital markets. We can do our own thing. And I really focused on pushing the 100% portfolio. And we've been working on that ever since. Now, the, why it's taken longer than we hoped is that the Ecuadorian government has actually been quite slow in the last two years. So there were problems with environmental permits and then problems with the water permits. But uh, we've managed to work around. We've got the water permits and we're drilling. So uh, we're up and running. Okay, so you talk to me about the work plan for the next 12 months, if you don't mind, specifically with the cash you've got available. Because I'm guessing right now you don't want to be going out and raising capital, even though it's a very positive precious metals and copper market. Um, yes, uh, yes and no. We've got uh, just under 2 million US in um in cash, we're probably going to be earning uh, over $2 million over the next 12 months. So we've got about $4 million to play with. You don't want to run that right down to nothing. So let's call it $3 million to play with. Now, um, we've we've drilled over 1,000 meters or just about 1,000 meters in Osos, and we've got a, uh, another few thousand meters to drill there. Uh, we'll, we'll then go into drilling at Ruminiawi, and then we'll go into drilling at Makara, which is the copper porphyry and then the VMS. So we've, we've got enough money to, to drill that, but that, um, because it's smoothed out over the year, um, it's just a little bit slow. So if we want to accelerate, then we would probably want to get some, some money in. So um, uh, we, we don't need it. We might do it. Slightly depends on results, what we're looking at, how the markets go. Um, we, we might have a look at uh, how Ecuador goes in the, in the next um, couple of months with the elections. Um, but absolutely, we may want to um, hit it hard and uh, drill out a resource because once we know what the flagship is, then we want to really accelerate our program. But we've got uh, drilling in uh, Q1 from Los Osos. We'll be drilling Ruminiao in the middle of the year and we'll have the geophysics results from Makara uh, in Q1 and we'll be moving towards drilling on that as well. So plenty coming up. So what's your view of the market at the moment? Because it sounds like you're going to miss this, this cycle and you have to work towards the next cycle, aren't you? Uh, gold was very much the, the, kind of the coronavirus trend of the first half of the year. But actually, if you look at the, the macroeconomics and you look at where the debt situation is, you look at where um, all the funny money is at the moment, you, you, I think anybody with, um, who's been involved in the precious metals market is still very positive on gold. Um, if you look at uh, the... The, let's let's talk about a kind of a uh, an economic recovery and uh, trying to get things back on track you're looking at an electrified future uh, the, the 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 supply demand for copper is looking very positive as well so both of our key commodities i think have got exceedingly um strong fundamentals and in uh, kind of the added twist is that on copper there are so few big projects um, that have been out there and so many companies for example BHP is moving away from its petroleum and its thermal coal looking to replace that into green metals is looking for nickel and looking for copper you know it's not just BHP that's doing that uh, barracks also looking for uh, copper deposits so the demand for copper deposits with scale and with gold has never been higher plus the the, the back the background for the price um, is very positive as well. So no, I really don't think that this is um, the end of the market. I think that we're very much into the in into a multi-year bull phase for these two commodities. Why don't you just do another Adventus? Because I mean, have you got the have you got the scale or ambition 
to do this yourself because it's you know it's, it's hard work it's dilutory you know with the track record of this of this team you know are they going to be capable of raising the sort of money they're going to need to develop a porphyry project or vms project for that matter our skill set is um managing Equator, finding new projects and exploring stuff so absolutely we might want to do another adventist but um with a new group we've also uh, remember that uh, freddie was the head of uh, exploration for uh, Newmont. And what I haven't mentioned is that Carlos and Pacho were the head of the government's uh, kind of evaluation um, team in, in uh, from 2015 onwards. And they ran a huge uh, national review of all the projects. So uh, if you want to find people who really know Ecuador better than anybody else, it's us. And uh, with that reputation in industry, it means that all of the big guys call us up when they're looking at Ecuador. So whether it's um, Anglo-American or BHP or Rio Tinto or Tech or First Quantum, they all know Freddie. We've all had that conversation. It's always, whether it's informal uh, at a, uh, one of the old school conferences or now over Zoom, it's what are you up to? What are you looking at? Can we talk? So absolutely, we might want to do another Adventus, which is with a, um, a new company or a, a mid-tier, but equally the big guys are looking at what we're doing as well. Okay, so, so that's on the exploration side and um, you know, those are the big boys on the mining side. I'm just talking about finance. What's your ability, capability of going into the finance market and saying, hey, trust us, give us your money, we can build this thing out. Are you, you, know, do, are people, are you getting those phone calls? Uh, yes, we are. And we have excellent routes into the capital markets. We're not worried about There's not a shortage of money. What we want to do is before we really um, do a big t- ticket raise is actually work out what our flagship is going to be. Because um, we've, we've got enough money to do our evaluation. We can work out which one is our, our flagship is going to be. And once we've, once we've decided which one we go for, then we can raise the money. I mean, absolutely no problem. And we've, um, we, we've proven on Eldoma that we can take it from a... Um, Moose pasture through to a um, 43101 measured indicator resource. That's absolutely our wheelhouse. Okay, and then the OTCQB listing. Um, I noticed this week. Um, is that just to give you a little bit of access to the North American markets? North American markets improve our liquidity. Um, when we're not the most liquid stock, uh, as we get uh, kind of steadier news flow uh, with our own uh, drill results coming out, we think that will grow, and it just makes sense to be uh, open to the North American retail. Okay, brilliant. As ever, very informative. Thank you very much. I'm glad you guys are getting motoring now because I think you know perhaps the market hasn't recognised um, you because you haven't been doing too much and you know you know waiting for Adventus to move forward. Um, it doesn't exactly put you in control. I think now you're back in control. Look forward to seeing what you do next year. Good luck with that. Thank you. You know we're. Um We've been, uh, it, it's easy to tar us as a subsidiary of Adventus, but uh, we really value our relationship with Adventus, but that is by no means the identity of the company. Now, we are all about our 100% portfolio, finding and originating and um, defining resources on our own portfolio. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.